This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center code. When my daughter, Christine, first went to kindergarten, she and I joined Indian Princesses, and that was a dad and daughter group that I think was started by the YMCA, and the premise was that dads and daughters got together in the neighborhood or or in the schools, and they would have this Indian Princesses program where they would get badges, and the two, two things about it that I remember the most were that we would, every couple of months, go on a camp out, and, uh, For me, camping was something that I'd done when I was a kid, but I had absolutely no camping equipment, so I had to go buy the tents and the sleeping bags, and there was the one leader dude named Jerry, and Jerry had everything. I mean, he had the coolest tent, he had all the pots and pans, he knew how to make the biggest bonfire, and then he also made this killer cobbler, and so needless to say, the dads and daughters loved it. It was a great opportunity for us to spend time together, and uh, the other thing that I remember about it was the greeting. And as we all know, at least from TV, the Indian greeting is how. And I went and looked that up on the internet, and the reality is is that that's been somewhat brutally uh, taken over by TV because there was really just one, I think, tribe that actually used the term how, which was H-A-U. A little bit like, you know, today, hello, there's not just one hello, there's obviously bonjour and hola and, you know, guten haben and all the others, but uh, TV kind of took over and made the Indian word for hello, how. Indian princesses took the Indian how and doubled it up. So when you met somebody, it was how, how. And that was the term that you used for the greetings. You can imagine all these dads and daughters and the number of times that people were saying how, how. And how, how was also not only the greeting, but how, how was also the exclamation point, which was how, how, when something really good happened. And the reason that I'm telling you this story is because The word how is what contact centers are all about. We are everything about the how. You know, Nike said just do it, but they were completely wrong because you can't just do it. You have to do it right. And contact centers spend all of their time focused on the how and what we do. But there's really two hows in every contact center. So what does that mean? Well, let's break it down. So the first how, when we're getting people up to speed and we're bringing them into the organization, into our organization, the first how starts with when we're introducing the company is it talks about the mission. And every organization has a mission, vision, purpose statement. At least I hope yours does. And there are some mission, vision statements that are just really, really inspiring. So Some examples, JetBlue, to inspire humanity both in the air and on the ground. Teslas, to accelerate the world's transition to sustainable energy. Nothing about cars, nothing about rockets. TEDS is to spread 
ideas, some that might be a little closer to home, LinkedIn, to connect the world's professionals to make them more productive and successful. And the one that I like is Southwest Airlines. Connect people to what's important in their lives through friendly, reliable, and low-cost air travel. I mean, I don't even mention the fact that they're on airplanes till the end of their mission statement. And then we also usually have values as well, teamwork, integrity, customer satisfaction, quality, trust, transparency, and maybe your organization even has fun. What about your company's mission statement, vision, purpose, and values? Maybe it's not as cool as the one that I mentioned, but you have one. And why is this important to the first how and contact centers? And you've probably heard the story before about the, about the guy that's a, a bricklayer and he's working among a thousand people and somebody's, you know, he's got an area that's 10 feet that he's working on and somebody asks him, what's he doing? And one guy, one guy answers, they ask a couple people and one guy answers you, well, I'm laying bricks. And the other guy says, I'm building a castle. And of course, the vision is, of course, that the bricklayer doesn't see the bricks that he's laying. He sees the castle that he is that he is working on. And 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 that vision of the castle that he's working on is directly important to what we're doing here. And, And that is because the 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 distinction is of the bricklayer is, is that he's doing something important, which he's building a castle, despite the fact that he's doing something very small, which is just this 10 feet wall. And. The reason that that's important and the reason that it's that it's critical that your employees own the mission is because it allows them to see what their importance is in a bigger picture. Yes, they're a cog in a wheel, but it's a big wheel and it's a big wheel that's making a difference. And if people don't understand and recognize what the importance is of what it is they're doing, then they won't grasp the how, they won't have a desire to improve the how, and they won't make things better. In the first how, we teach them the mission. And then we go on to cover all the things that are mission critical to our business, the how of working in a contact center. In the second how, we're going to need to help them to live the mission and own the mission so we can accomplish what we want to accomplish. That first how, though, getting off to a great start really matters. Depending on what type of a contact center you are right now, this is a process that really works well for you, this first how, or maybe it doesn't work so well. You know, there's really two types of contact centers. There's kind of a contact center that's surviving and a contact center that's maybe in a flourish mode. And in today's world, there may not be a lot that are really flourishing. And if you're in the survival mode, your new hire classes are larger and they're usually shorter. There's lots of turnover. Maybe your nesting is shorter than it used to be. Team leads aren't really leading anymore. They're, they're working, right? Because they don't have time to help or lead because they've got to work because we don't have enough people. And the numbers are just harder to come by. If you're in the flourish category, then you're pretty fortunate, which means that you really can implement a great new hire class. It's the length that you want it to be. People get to spend time in nesting. There's quality monitoring going on, and we can get people up to speed to the best that we possibly can so that we can put them on the floor. Well, that's the first how, and I wanted to talk to you about the second how. And the second how is, is once I've got everybody in place and once they've gone through our process to bring them into the system, what happens then? How do we do it better? 
How do we how do we how do we take the the company mission and get our our employees to own that mission and to own it when people have no time when they're already stressed they're already tired they're already distracted and they're already trained and that second how begins to allow us to focus on what's really going on in the contact center you see adherence first call resolution AHT CSAT retention even ROI they're really lagging indicators. They measure the energy, engagement, and competence levels of your team after they've already risen or fallen. And often they really reveal a disconnect between a team and a mission when it's already too late. How do your employees own the mission? This second how can be complicated because it's been a long time since we walked through and talked through the mission and the vision and the values and Maybe it's on the wall somewhere. Um, maybe it's an, maybe you're an organization that repeats it on a regular basis, but most don't. And that disconnect that we have between the bigger picture and the grinding that occurs through the smaller house is where we get the real big effectiveness, the big surge, the better numbers, the better results. It comes when we can make this connection and have our employees own the mission. But in order to do that, we have to look at the how in a different way. It has to start with leaders who understand that the people in the contact center really need more joy than they need KPIs, a sense of purpose probably more than they need sophisticated monitoring, and a champion more than they need a supervisor. Leaders who believe that only their people can really win their customers' hearts are really how we connect up that mission. You keep your employees on mission by teaching them the how, modeling the how, and measuring the how, and even encouraging the how, and finally repeating the how over and over and over again, because the second how helps them own your mission. It gets them to listen again, to learn something new, to learn something that does not happen very often, to engage, to set goals, to get better, to improve, to mentor, to set an example, to overcome, to adjust, to be a team player, to be an encourager, and maybe even to be a volunteer. And so that second how begins to boil down to how you coach, how you discipline, how you encourage, how you model, how you communicate, and how you measure. You see, the second how turns to our ability to try to engage our employees in a way that gets them to do things that is going to help them get better, help the customer experience get better, which of course makes the company get better. When we're able to do really great at the second how, We get employees to begin to do things that we never thought we could, never thought that they could, and never thought that we even had the right to even ask them to do. So before we get your employees to own the mission, I have to ask you a a somewhat difficult, uncomfortable question. What about you? Do you own the mission? Where do you fit? Can you see the castle that you're building in, in what you do? You're responsible for people, if you're listening to this podcast, at least I think you are, and I don't know whether that's 10 people or 15 people or 20 people or 50 people, but where do you fit 
in building the castle and in the mission? Have you ever sat down and taken the number of people, the number of calls that you do a month, that you do a year that you're responsible for? How many escalations have you done? How many customers have you saved? How many people have you hired? And the legacy stories that comes from the, come, have come from the people that you have hired. How have you impacted the mission? Can you see where you impact the mission? Because it has to start there that you see where you fit so that you can lead the people and help them to see where they fit. Because when you do that, that's when you get the bigger numbers, the better numbers. Are your employees engaged? Are your employees all in? And that again starts with, are you all in? And you know, ex- example of, of, of all in is, if you've ever been to a concert and you've been enjoying the concert and you look over and there's a person next to you and they've got the concert t-shirt on and they know every word to every song and they're singing at the top of their lungs, they're all in. Or maybe it's a hobby and if you've ever seen the 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 people that are bikers, you know, that do the the that ride the bikes and they, they ride the bikes on on the highways and they've got the the biker spandex and the biker pants and you see them in Starbucks afterward and they're wearing all the different colored things, you know, colored things and they look a little look a little little crazy, but they're all in. And your ability to encourage your employees to be all in on your company's mission, to understand the castle that they're building. It's how you get that that supersonic results because they're not going to be all in on every area all the time, but your ability to remind them and connect them up to what it means to be all in and the impact that they're having on your customers, the impact that they're having on their family, the impact that they're having on their peers, the impact that they're having on the community, our ability to be able to connect that mission of our organization and what we're doing to our employees helps them to be more motivated, more encouraged, more focused on the how things, the basic, you know, make sure that you ask somebody, ask somebody if you may place them on hold to active listening, to making sure that they respond to the compliance and get the shipping dates correctly and end the call on a personal note and acknowledge when they need to acknowledge and to answer the same phone call 50 times over and over and over again to overcome customer obstacles and complaints and issues and stress and being tired and the tenacious focus that we have on their numbers and whether it be AHT or their CSAT scores or their their um, ability to uh, make the QM data that they need to make because we can make this connection between the two. But it starts with making sure that you own the mission and then helping to engage them to do it. Contact centers were never easy. You knew they weren't easy probably when you got hired. Um, if you didn't know that and somehow or another fell off a turnip truck and didn't figure that out until you were hired, you figured out pretty quickly that contact centers aren't easy. They're not for the faint of heart. It requires an enormous amount of discipline and tenacity and it also requires a lot of empathy for you to be able to understand and accept and see where your customers are, where your employees are, to be able to put yourself in their shoes and help them to accomplish what they want to get accomplished. There are two hows in a contact center. How we get people set up, how we teach them the mission, how we teach them their capability, and then the second how, which ultimately I think is the more important how, which is how do we 
connect them with the mission and create an opportunity so that they can learn and get better and grow. In Indian princesses, when they're saying hello, they say, how, how? When they have an exclamation point, they say, how, how? So I want to thank you for listening to my podcast today. I want to thank you for the fact that you've decided to work in contact centers because if you didn't work in contact centers, you wouldn't be listening to my podcasts. And I also wanted to just give you a special how-how for what you did yesterday, what you're going to do today, and what you can do tomorrow because I know you're capable of being a great contact center leader. You have it in you. Just go ahead and do it. I look forward to talking to you next week. How how. Have a great day. Bye-bye now. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach.